This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This call is being recorded. This call is being recorded, and this is another episode of Bluetooth Breakaway. Well, hey, Bluetooth Breakaway, and welcome to the week. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, I am in Switzerland. Uh, that must be nice. I'm home where I've been all day because I've been up since midnight throwing up. Oh, that's good. So we had really similar days. I Very climbed 7,000 feet to a beautiful mountain. You st- <laughs> stared directly to a toilet for uh-huh. most of your day. <laughs> Fantastic. It's not so, even, yeah. it's not even a fun, uh, there's, it's never fun to be nauseous and vomiting. I, I would say those are two of the worst feelings in the world, but it, it sucks more when you don't know what's causing it. Because I'm not even hungover. Like, I didn't have a fun Sunday. Right. This, Sunday is was like very you're actually, this isn't like you did this to yourself. This is like you're accidentally sick. Right. I would just, I just want to answer. Like, I just want to answer. At least when you do it to yourself, you know. Right. Like, when, when you're hungover and you're sick, you're like, oh, well, at least I had fun last night. Why would I have that last shot? Blah, blah, blah. But this is more like, oh, should I not have drank two Gatorades yesterday, I guess? What color were they? Important. Blue and red. Okay, I think you're fine. That's weird. Huh. <laughs> I, 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 uh, jury's out if I'm actually fine. That's true. Well, uh, this is a Rangers podcast. Now that hey. you know about what we're doing, a mm. little bit uh, different than the usual show. Usually for the last, like, what, like, 100 episodes, we'll do, like, a guest, and we'll have, like, a nonsense at the end, unless it was, like, the live reaction show from when I was in the hotel. But today, you and I will just be chit-chatting a little bit about the uh, the opening games. I didn't get a chance to watch the Buffalo. I did watch the other two. Hmm. So you're going to have to cover the Buffalo a little more than I will. I watched the highlights. That That's really great. I'm really, really, really appreciative of that. Oh, okay. So, I mean, we both of us don't really know then. <laughs> I have an idea. I, 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 did uh, yeah. some, I did some research. Again, I've been up since midnight. So, uh, so you've had, had some time to stew on this. I've had time. Yeah, so I guess we'll start with um, a, an overall view of what we, we think so far this season. Honestly, it's pretty much as I expected it to be. I'm, I'm not surprised about anything so far. I think I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way the offense has played. Quinn's made some really interesting mistakes, but has also done a lot of things I like. Maybe it's because I'm on a European vacation, but I'm not really upset. There's nothing that's happened so far where I've been like, wow, I'm surprised. Like, at all i thought we played pretty well against the hurricanes until the third quarter the offense was clicking third, third I thought, quarter i thought the oh, third quarter jesus christ third period thank you so much third quarter third period um i thought the national game we played national pretty tough uh, for a team that i consider a stanley cup finalist and again i didn't watch the buffalo game but i did see the score and that didn't look too great so I, so far so i'm not upset and i i'm really okay with losing as many games as possible while developing uh, good culture habits and some of these younger players, including Brett Howden and Heedle and other players who've played, I think, pretty well. Yeah, the the name of the game for the Rangers this season isn't wins, right? We've been saying this since, I don't even know, uh, before the trade deadline, at the trade deadline. We've been saying this for months. It, it, it shouldn't be news to anybody. The Rangers looked competitive in every game they played. You could make an argument that Maybe they uh, – Are you throwing up? I'm thinking about it. Whoa. No, oh, okay. All right, never mind. Okay. Uh, oh, my God. That would have been bad. I'm not exactly <laughs> in gonna... the toilet, so that would have been extremely difficult. It would uh, be bad. It's, it's even worse that we have, like, another, like, 35 minutes of this. At least. Yeah, no, this will be fun. I'm really excited. If, if you start talking – if you if you don't hear me talk for, like, five, ten seconds at if a time – If you – if I don't hear you don't. talk, I know you're gone. I know we can't pause because I'm not recording because I'm on my phone. And yeah, you'll just have to fill. I'm just going to keep filling. I'm going to – if if you end up throwing up, I'm going to talk about my, my day on the mountain. That's it. <laughs> um. No, so we wanted the Rangers to be competitive, right? I, I think at the end mm-hmm. of the day, that's what we really wanted. They were definitely that against the Predators. They 
didn't get outclassed or outmuscled. They lost to a better team. And I think I think you'd take that every day and twice on Sunday. Um, the Sabres game, I won't lie, was I was actually expecting the Rangers to come away with a victory in that one. But at the same also. time, I'm not angry that they didn't. Uh, and then the, the Hurricanes game, yeah, the offense was fine. It, it just seemed like everything was out of sorts. And I, I don't exactly know if that's because the Rangers went 11 forwards and seven defensemen. But it felt they, weird watching it, right? Because I watched it. By the way, total side note, I feel so bad for Europeans. I don't know how they do it. Like sports over here, like American sports are fucking awful to watch because it's one, it's like 1 a.m. You're like, oh, okay, cool. The third period starting now i'm i'm dead tired and hmm. especially like with like the baseball game tonight the red sox yankees starts at 1 40 a.m i cannot watch that yeah, it sounds like a quitter sorry i'm just complaining yeah. but that game that game in general was weird and strange like it was hard to follow the lines during the game i was like uh, imagine that? that's look I don't want to say the reason why the Rangers gave up eight goals is because no one could really get into a rhythm, but it sure did feel like people were struggling to get into a rhythm because they, they didn't really know when they were going to be on the ice, who they were going to be on the ice with. It was, it, it, there's something to be said about predictability or routine or rhythm with professional athletes. Yes. These guys are making millions of dollars and they should be able to roll with the punches whenever they can. Right. But at the same time, if you're asking someone to do something they're not used to doing, it doesn't really matter what it is they're doing. They're likely to struggle. Um, Georgiev led in a couple softies. I, I, yeah, Georgiev wasn't really, um, from what I was watching, it was one of his poorer games we've seen him play. He played pretty well last year. I'm not really too worried about him either. Not worried about him. I, I, saw, some, I saw some people online goaltender. being like, why didn't you just take him out? But – you can't take that guy out. Like, well, no, it's not even, you don't even, you don't even worry about, you don't put Hank into that. For, forget. It, it's almost like when, uh, when major league managers have to let their starting pitchers get rocked because they don't want to use the bullpen. Sometimes you just got to let your starter get rocked. It sucks. It's tough for Georgiev, but you don't bring Hank in off the bench on a back to back against the hurricanes, no especially when you're not competing again. It, if this was the Rangers of old where every, every win matters and they're fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. If it's March and you're on a back-to-back and you're trying to keep Hank off the ice, but the backup is struggling, you put Hank in, but it's the third game of the year. It's the first back-to-back. You, 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 you're just going to have to let Georgia take it on the chin. And I don't think this oh. means that Georgia should be demoted or any of that shit. He, just, he had a bad start. People have bad starts. Hank's had bad starts. Oh yeah, I like Georgiev a lot. I think he's, you know, I think he's a solid backup for us, and he will be all year. Hopefully, like I, Greg, we've said this a million times on the show. Like this team isn't going to be competitive. They're just not. No, they could be I, competitive. I thought, They're just not going to win anything. Like there's there's no, difference, yeah. right? There's a very there's clear a, difference between being difference. competitive. What they did against the Predators and the Sabers, they were a competitive hockey team. They didn't win at the end of the day, but they weren't exactly rolling over and dying. Um. The games were fun too. I feel like every game I've all, all, two of the three games I've watched have been a really good time. Like I being in it against Nashville was enjoyable. The way Jimmy VC, you know, Kreider and Buchnevich scored against the Hurricanes was really fun to watch. It's just we can't stop anything. And guess what? We knew that coming in. It's all it's all very true. You wanna you wanna talk about positives and negatives? Sure, I'll do positives. Positives so far. Quinn in general isn't really afraid to play people he doesn't want to play like what let me ask you this maybe this is um something i I missed is shattenkirk like hurt no not hurt just underperforming and quinn is just creaming him for that because i think his his 5v5 numbers like on the i I saw that was like he was playing like seven minutes total and i think he played nine minutes against the hurricanes 5v5 that's insane um i do wonder some of it is, I mean, call a spade a spade. I know we're trying to talk about the good here. And the good you mentioned is it does. It sure seems like David Quinn's not afraid to hold people accountable. Um, but I do wonder how much of it is Quinn knowing Shattenkirk's first back-to-back coming off knee surgery. Maybe he just, he didn't want to scratch him, but he also didn't want to play him a lion's share of minutes. 
Quinn, um, well, Quinn's known Shattenkirk for like his whole life. He was like, his fucking Shattenkirk came out of the womb, and David Quinn was in the room, just like, yeah, that kid's gonna be good at hockey. And I can't imagine there's like they're coming to terms already and like at each other's throats. I I feel like this is sort of a planned thing. Yeah, I, we haven't. No one's no one's said it. I just I really do wonder how much of everything that happened on Sunday was we don't want Shattenkirk to play a full game, but we also don't want to scratch him. Um, but at the same time, you could also read it as Kevin Shattenkirk hasn't been playing well. Cause you know what? Kevin Shattenkirk really hasn't played that well the first couple of games. Um, well, he was almost directly positive. responsible for the Subban goal. Yes, he absolutely was. There was a goal last night though, that I mean, like, even even some of the offensive players have been pretty bad defensively. I think it was uh, Zubinijad another... took a complete snoozer on one of them. That was it. it was Zuka Zubinijad, and they sat there. It was really bad, like truly, like what is happening? And and those are the, the I mean, we're supposed to talk about positives, and we've only done negatives so far, which is great by us. But there there are just like those little learning moments that are going to be happening with a young team. Now those guys aren't young, so to watch them make the mistake like that is a little hurtful and speaks a little bit to Quinn, but I'm, I'm really not. I don't think so. I don't think it's hurtful. I think it speaks to the fact that players are trying to learn a new system on the fly. You can have training camp can last as long as it can last. You're not going to be able to put it into practice until you actually get it in competitive game situations, playing with the players, a full Ranger lineup, not a half Ranger, half guys that are likely starting the season in Hartford lineup. There are growing pains. Any, anytime a new coach starts, um, implementing his system and changing the fabric of what the team has been doing for years under a different guy, especially when it's the same players as the year before. It's not like these guys can just throw out the old playbook and re-download a new playbook. It's not that simple. It's it, There's a learning period, and the Rangers might struggle for a month to understand David Quinn's system, and it, it might look sloppy at times, but it's part of learning a new system. I'm not worried about that at all. If, if you're going to make mistakes, I'd rather, I'd rather you make the mistakes this season. Because again, what doesn't really matter what the Rangers do this year. Just improve. That's all that matters. No, yeah, that's all you have to be doing is playing the kids, playing tight games, being competitive, and actually having the correct amount of people on the ice. Because that is fucking ridiculous that we had two of those in the first three games. Yeah, not ideal. No, how do you have seven guys on the ice? Like, I just, I, they just that forgot that Hank was pulled, right? There's really nothing else that uh, – there's nothing else you can right. can really attribute that to. There was a penalty called, and everybody knows when a penalty is called, you get an extra attacker, but the Rangers forgot that their extra attacker was already on the ice. Yeah, that like the Mets batting out of order. I've seen a lot of shit. That was a mental, a mental mistake. Yeah. But, yeah, but then again, it happened in the, in the Sabres game, and it was like, are we, is this going to be a thing? Going to be a trend for us? What's just up with fantastic. this? Um, yeah, not really happy about it. But the positives, let's actually talk about that. So well, I got a, I got another I got another positive and negative all at the same time. Well, we've got time. Uh Jimmy VC. He's played really well. Yeah. Oh, and you know what's the best part about that is we shit on him for like two weeks on this uh, podcast. Still, wait, I, I mean wait. he played you I feel like there's there's this there's this just there's always something, right, going on on Rangers mm-hmm. Twitter that seems to divide people because we can't all I be can't. happy at the same time. It's, it's physically impossible. Twitter, and it seems like this year's first um, line in the sand is either you like Jimmy Hayes or you're viewed as hating him. I don't think Jimmy Hayes, you just Jimmy pulled an MSG. You just pulled an MSG staff thing that happened last night. Did it really? Well, there yeah, is a Jimmy Hayes for the fact. They were interviewing Jimmy Vizzi and they were, and he called him Jimmy Hayes like right yeah, after that. If, and I was like, wow, that's incredible. Hands. You work for MSG. Yeah, well, they're they're both not exactly high scoring forwards. Anyway, we're getting off point. Jimmy VC played like ass in preseason. And that's not me saying I hate Jimmy VC. That's just me saying he played like ass in the preseason. That's just a fact. <laughs> that's just an evaluation of what he did for two weeks before the season started. Mm-hmm. But then, you know what? I came out, I wrote that I actually kind of like Jimmy VC playing with Hayes and Zuccarello because if Jimmy VC is going to get one more shot, give him a real shot. Put him in the top six, see what he can do. And to his credit, he's played extremely well with Hayes and Zuccarello. At the same he's got time, a lot of good looks. Even, even against Nashville, there at, were a couple looks where I mean, he was you, real close. You can make the argument that he should have had four goals against Nashville, which, which gets to our other side of the coin. 
Jimmy VC has looked great, but Jimmy VC's one true NHL's caliber skill is supposed to be his finishing, and he's sucked at it so far this year. He's been fucking terrible at finishing. Uh, you, you, you turned that around so hard on me. I did not see that coming. You didn't? Um, no, I, somehow I really didn't. I'm actually surprised. You, you think Jimmy VC just gets A's across the board for his performance so far? I think credit I where credit not. is due. That line is I, I do not. I just was surprised you went that way. I guess that is, is his talent or was yeah. supposed to be his talent. Right, but because it, I, the one thing I feel like everyone's agreed on with Jimmy VC is this guy can score 15 to 20 goals a season. The problem yeah, is he can't really do a whole lot of anything else. Yeah, I, he's been pretty good both ways. I mean, uh, I don't been, think... He's been solid this year, but I, he the first two games of the year, there wasn't a forward getting more scoring opportunities than Jimmy VC, and he was unable to finish. That's absolutely true. And then was, he got... I, it was weird, though. I want to just talk. I want to defend him a little bit for the Nashville game. The ice seemed a little strange. Like, all, all it was, might have just been the Rangers, but all Rangers were chopping the puck. Like, a lot of different pucks were just missed opportunities where they they hit the ice a little early before their shot and everything bounced off. There so wasn't Vizio like. was just it putting was, it in the Reddings pads, though. I know you were at the game, so it might have looked different from your perspective, but being right. gifted with instant replay, VC was just shooting it right in the Reddings every single time. Oh, yeah, he was going five hole for sure. It, so it, you, it was. That's and correct. Honestly, there was like a lot of two, opportunities like that in the national. It took two phenomenal passes yesterday to set up both of VC's goals. He scored on the equivalent of empty netters. Yeah, Kevin he Hayes had wide somehow open put net. it through a human being, and then Brady Shea somehow put it through three human beings. And VC was I on the other end. Really good, pass. by the way. His outlet passes have been really impressive. And I, I also want to speak about Brennan Smith, who has been okay. He's been fine. <laughs> I think the only, defender, the only defender you can unequivocally say has been playing extremely well is Brady Shea. Um, Adam, I, I, I think every, everyone else has just been fine. I don't think anyone else has been very good. D'Angelo was very good last night. I thought he was fine. Yeah, from what I, I, I think, noticed. I think Tony, I mean, I think Tony D'Angelo, passes. I mean, it's, it's a game where the Rangers gave up eight goals, so it's hard to say any defender necessarily played well. Um, but Tony D'Angelo played the best of anyone that was – on a defensive assignment last night. That's totally fair. Um, I, it's just so. I don't, do you? I, do you want to see the seven defenseman again? I no. never want to see it again. Ever. No, I. I think it. I think it. It had a ripple effect down the entire lineup where it, it was. It was kind of fucking with everybody. Yeah, the Rangers scored five times, which is wonderful, but um, it. It didn't. It didn't feel like anyone was comfortable at any moment, and there. There needs to be a level of continuity. I think in order for kids to develop and players to get a rapport with each other early on in the season, I, I get why you did it that night. I, I don't think it's a viable option on a nightly basis. Doesn't make no, any definitely, sense. Definitely not. And if we're talking, if we're talking good and bad, um, that's what we're doing. We're kind of just all. all over the place, but I think it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Who cares? We're the, we're talking good and bad. We can we can go back and forth. The the bad is Mark Stahl. There hasn't been a worse Ranger so far this season. He, he looks he looks more cooked. Him. He looks more cooked than normal. He does look pretty cooked. Um, but could you make the case that Vladimir Nemestikov has been a worse Ranger? No, because the difference between Nemestikov and Stahl is Nemestikov has been invisible, so he hasn't made an impact on the game for better or, or worse. Stahl has actually made it. Worst impacts than everyone yeah, else. Yeah, Mark, Mark Stahl, because not only is he just playing like butt, but then you also remember that Mark Stahl's presence in the lineup is exactly why Tony D'Angelo didn't play for two games. And why Freddie Clayson probably deserves to season. play at this point. I don't think you could take D'Angelo out of the lineup. Um, I, I think it's clear that Mark Stahl has been the worst Ranger defender, and it's, he, just looks, he just looks cooked. Um, now yeah, again, I just don't know how they handle that for the year. They they gave him the A for eighty two games, dude. Who gives like, a shit? The is... Rangers have traded their captain twice, so I don't I don't really <laughs> think the Rangers nice give a fuck about who's wearing a letter. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's one of those moments where uh, credit where credit is due, right? Um, David Quinn has taken ice time away from Mark Stahl because he struggled each game. At the same time, Stahl I think got his most five-on-five minutes of any game this season against the Hurricanes, a game in which, again, the Rangers gave up eight goals. Uh, and it was on a back-to-back. Like, that's that's the thing. I just – there was no real reason to play Mark Stahl yesterday. It's a back-to-back, 
and he hasn't looked good, why not give him a that's, day off? Rest. That's him. the why? thing. That's, that's kind of weird. Like we've always been, even when Girardi was here, we 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 were saying there there is a schedule or a way to get the most out of these players, and that is playing them in limited times throughout the season. And you could do that with Stall. And I know it's early in the season, but you kind of want to get everything you can go get out of them the whole season at, as you go here. And you could really just shut them down. Like, you can play, what, 50 games, 40 games? I don't, I don't know. All I, all I know is Mark Stahl's played three games, and he's been noticeably a, de- a deficiency in each game. More so, last year there were periods where you and I were like, we can't even say all that many bad things about Mark Stahl because he's playing fine. But oh, yeah, Mark was good last year at some point. If, if there's ever a point in the season when a player is supposed to be at his freshest, it's supposed to be the first week of the season, and Mark Stahl looked like he's already got 80 games under his legs. He, there's just nothing there. And it's leaving Neil Pionk on an island when Neil plays with him. And it, it's tough for Neil. Um, I, I don't think Neil has gotten off to the start that many people were hoping for, but to me, I think some of that responsibility is on the fact that you're asking a 23-year-old rookie defenseman to basically play two defensive positions at one time because Mark yeah, Saul's just really doing nothing for kid. you. He's just doing nothing. It'll, it'll be really interesting to see how they handle that going forward and what Quinn does. I mean, reducing his minutes are, is cool and all, but I just I, I hope they end up putting him in the press box for a couple nights. If it was me, game. if it was me, I think you have – I think you have McQuaid play on his offside on the left uh, because I just let admit it where it is, right? We're not going to get McQuaid installed out of the lineup on the same time. And you need to build yeah. some trade value for McQuaid. So I get it. Ask and McQuaid to play on his okay. offside and your three ready defensemen are Shattenkirk, Bianca, and D'Angelo. And then you just you know, mix Mc- a match from there. That's probably true. McQuaid is a good kid and a local kid. So, I mean, he's going to be, getting a lot of value at the trade deadline probably not what do we get like a fourth rounder for him maybe i think you could if you eat half his salary you could probably get a third that's the thing like going back to opening night shane mcquade looked really good as a pairing I, looked- I haven't hated it mcquade has had some points especially in the hurricane game where i was like eh. but he's been like he's been fine he's been, been fine. A, a ranger I, i've been fine to have on the team it Again, the only criticism I could have for Adam McQuaid even being on the roster is it's just taking ice time away from younger guys, and that's tough. But if you look at Adam McQuaid as a trade asset, he hasn't done anything to hurt his trade stock down the line, which is, again, all you could really ask for. If anything, he's increased it a little bit because he has looked serviceable at times, and content, contending teams always need serviceable defensemen. It's why Nick Holden gets multi-year contracts as a free agent and a third round pick happen? and a lower level prospect. I just uh, I saw uh, an article the other day that was like Nick Holden had a bad game in Vegas. Like, oh, really, Vegas? <laughs> like, <laughs> did you do any scouting? Uh, I don't understand. The, the answer to that is no. Yeah, um, well, they were like, this guy got traded for a third round pick. He must be good. <laughs> or, or just no. I just I don't know, man. It's the NHL. I don't understand the line of thinking many of these GMs have. It's incredible because think about it, dude, the natural predators, how much price have we given the predators over the years and how much price should we give them this year? They're probably one of six teams that have legitimate shots at the Stanley cup this year. And they're a team that thinks Zach Ronaldo is going to help them. I, I want to just let you know that I heard you say natural predators. And I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> and Are they not? I cl- it clicked. Am I but wrong? Yes. No, you're not. They're natural predators. Natural. Uh, uh, back to, back to the good and the bad. Um, mm-hmm. the kid's been good, man. He, Hedl and Howden have been very good. Howden have been incredible. I've been really surprised with this play so far. And I, I got to say, Hedl is fucking fast and really has an, a good motor on him too. Like he's skating up and down the ice, like way harder than everyone else around him. And that's probably the young legs and he'll probably run out of that eventually. But for right now, it's really working to his advantage. He seemed tentative, uh, in the first period against the Predators. But he came to life in the second, and he really hasn't really slowed. He hasn't slowed down in the game since then. Um, that pass, the blind pass he had to Foss to set up the first goal of the season is – I, I close my eyes at night, and when I think of that, I have to excuse myself from whatever I was doing before then. Right. Filthy. Absolutely filthy. Yeah, Hedl has been 
everything we wanted to be and more since he's played any NHL game. The whole time he's been, he's always been above what you expected as a Ranger fan. I mean, we we always thought since maybe like what week two that Hedo was the better prospect than Leas Anderson, even though he got drafted. Like it, again, you've made the case many many times on this podcast that draft position doesn't matter, but it felt like right away Hedo was the better prospect and has shown such since. And I think he's a real solid top six forward for the next, what, 10 to maybe more than that years for this Ranger team? Yeah, in 10 years, he's still only 29. God damn it. Yeah, he's, young. he's, he's a kid. Yeah, he's, fucking, he's, yeah. he's a fucking kid. Um, Howden, though, I think has been one of the more pleasant surprises just because he had some of the lowest expectations entering the season. I don't think any of us were expecting him to necessarily – knocked down the door. We were kind of expecting him to just exist in the lower half of the Rangers lineup. And he has made his presence known. He, he's, he's a gamer. I think he you know, is. They were playing him on the second last night, right? Line. Am I crazy? Hmm? They were playing him on the second line last night. It, I don't think lines mattered last night because you're okay. playing with 11 forwards. So you're kind of mixing and matching everything. Like there are some right. shifts where Howden came out as a winger. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I almost, I, I don't, Again, this is it, it's it's both a good thing and a bad thing when you play with eleven forwards because you're allowed to see different combinations with different players than you normally would on any other night. But again, at the same time, what do they mean? What what does that what does any of it mean? We we don't know. No one's got consistent time doing anything. No, we don't. I mean, well, how like you said, I saw a stat today that he's like leading um, the rookies with points with two. Like cool, man. No, well, he <laughs> like, he'll have the same amount. It small yeah. sample sizes, buddy. Gotta love him. Yeah, he's like, oh, <laughs> why are we even posting this? Like that, that's a post where I'm like, I don't even know why this is getting posted. But he's been a a really nice surprise, and I'm I'm hoping he can stick in this lineup because his development is really a big part of this future core. You know, it's 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 really kind of an overreaction to say that, but I, would you say Howden is an important part of the future? I think it's a very important part of the future. I think Brett Howden's play in the first three months of the season will be a bigger factor in terms of if um, Kevin Hayes gets traded at the trade deadline than anything Elias Anderson does in Hartford. I think the Rangers look at Anderson as a known quantity, even though he's still not doing it at the NHL level. They know what they're going to get from him at the end of the day. I, I think how Brett Howden does these first couple months of the season is actually going to be the thing that determines Kevin Hayes' fate. That's an interesting way to look at it. I, I think Kevin Hayes' fate is already decided. Like, I, I think it's already over. I, I, I don't. Despite what the Rangers have come out and said, and they've been like, you know what, we, we came to a one-year deal agreement, both sides are open, Kevin Hayes even said he's still looking to re-sign here. I don't believe anybody. I think it's already over and they made their decision and they're already sleeping in that bed so as much as i would love like i mean if howden comes out and rips the doors off they're definitely trading him immediately but i think they're doing it either way um i'm i'm not as sold on that as you are i will say um the injuries that san jose is suffering from at the very beginning of the season is only helping the kevin hayes market joe joe thornton being being basically us not knowing if he's going to be able to play hockey the rest of this year is a big thing for the Rangers' uh, trade market. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's a team that wants to win this year. Like, well, really wants to. So uh, yeah, probably... you, don't, you don't just trade for Eric Carlson and then say, you know, uh, we're, we're playing the long game here. No, yeah, we'll just see what happens. Ugh. But, yeah, I mean, Carlson must be nice, huh? No, um, that's not why I was making that noise. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, keep surviving, Gregory. I believe in you. Ah, hey, just that's a, one of, that's just one of a little bit longer. That is one. Uh, of yeah, for every, for everyone listening, I know we usually do like what hour episodes. Oh yeah, this okay. is well. For first of all, we're recording early. This is the earliest I think we, we've ever recorded a podcast. Oh uh, well, it's nine o'clock here. <laughs> three three twenty six <laughs> uh, here in good old Cohoes, New York. Yes. So. Uh, it is probably it's probably the earliest, but uh, we'll we'll make it up to you guys next week with a a longer episode. I'm I'm sure. 
as we as we usually do. But today is just really me and Greg catching up on on the Rangers, and seeing what's up with that. Um, I don't actually even have the upcoming schedule ahead, ahead of me, but I believe I read it on the podcast. And I expect to maybe win one game in the next coming week. Um, I I really am starting to believe the over unders that were said seventy five points. And I'm really starting right. to be like the under was right. I mean, the under might be might have been correct. I, again, I, it's one of those weird things where I don't think the Rangers have necessarily played bad the first three games of the season, but they also mm-hmm. didn't win any of the first three games of the season. Um, because I'm a good friend, Ryan, I got the upcoming schedule for you. Only two games this week. Oh, you're such a good friend. Uh, Thursday at home against the aforementioned San Jose Sharks. So timely. Yeah, that that's we going to be a shit show. They're yeah. going to fucking destroy us. Uh, <laughs> and then we have the uh, – Reddit meetup game that you're no longer coming to. That I'm the Oilers game. Yeah, one one o'clock on Saturday at home. The Rangers actually their next three games are all at home. Do we have a chance against the Oilers? Do we have I a mean, chance against the Oilers? I guess so, just yeah. because I, I don't think the Oilers are necessarily figuring their shit out quite as quickly as people thought they would. Um, I have I have a complaint for you. How fucking stupid are schedule makers that the Rangers have already played a back-to-back and now they have three days off? Yeah, that doesn't really check out. Like, why have the back-to-back? They love doing that thing where, like, a a Midwest team or or a West Coast team will come in to New York and they'll play the Rangers and Islanders back-to-back. The thing is, like, I think this is really based around the stadium schedules, too, but you can't even make excuses for NBA right now. It's just not even... I mean, it's the preseason, but maybe that's even more important to them. I'm not really sure. But not not just that. It, I mean, this this isn't just a Ranger complaint. The the Bruins and Capitals both played opening night on Wednesday, and we're back in action on Thursday. Why were both those teams playing literally their first two games of the year on back to backs? What what why why is this a thing? I, I, I get that back to backs have to happen you. in the season, but do they have to happen the first two days of the season? No, they don't. But I guess the counterpoint with that would be just saying they have fresh legs, right? Like everyone, it's the beginning of the season. They can probably do this now more than later. So let's get it out of the way. I I don't know. That's probably I don't think, a bad excuse. Yeah, I don't. I personally, I just the schedule is long enough where I don't think you should be having this many back to backs this early in the season. It just it doesn't make any sense. Where you look at. You look at this Ranger schedule and they played Sunday at Carolina. They don't have another game until Thursday at home against San Jose. Yeah, that makes no sense. They pretty much have the whole week off. Yeah, it's not even their bye week in the Rangers. I mean, it's great for the Rangers. Again, I don't know if we should necessarily be complaining about this. It gives David Quinn a lot more time to figure out what he wants to do with his lineup, but it just it makes it makes no damn sense that what whatever Quinn does, I just want him to never do seven defensemen again. I just have someone take a seat. I don't care who it is. It could be the kids. Well, fine. I, I, I think I, you care who it is. It should be someone deserving of taking a seat. Like that, that That's the thing. It, Kevin Shattenkirk did not play well in any of the first three games this year. So I'm not angry that Kevin Shattenkirk only got something like nine minutes of 5v5 ice time against the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I just want, and this is something that we used to say about Elaine Vigneault, Right. All we want is consistency. If you're going to hold someone accountable for struggling, hold everyone accountable for struggling. And right now we've seen Mark Stahl get his ice time reduced. We've seen Kevin Shattenkirk get his ice time reduced. I, I, I think Quinn has been very fair about who is being um, taken in and out of the lineup. We haven't even, I, I mean, we've gone this entire podcast. I know you didn't watch the Sabres game and I, was in and out because I was at a wedding. Um, right. Cody McLeod, this is what we were afraid of, right? It's not so much that it's not so much that Vladdy Nemestikov deserved to be in the Rangers lineup on Saturday. You can he he had a bad game opening night against the Predators. I have no problem with you taking Nemestikov out of the lineup and uh, wanting to I put someone else Vladimir, in. I think the Nemestikov thing actually goes a lot deeper than what that is. Um, I think a lot of that, and the coaching staff kind of came out and said this, but um, that he's been a little bit unprofessional since being in New York and that he hasn't really taken his role very 
happily since being traded from the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think that has a lot of a lot to do with what what's happening. I I think Quinn didn't like the way his attitude was and decided to take him out of the lineup. That that's fine and good. If that concern exists for you, why do you sign him to a two-year deal? That's my next question. Yeah. Like, you knew that going in. So that's I mean, the way I'm looking at it and, it, and this isn't really breaking news, the Rangers are going to try and trade everybody that, that isn't like on their entry-level contract. So Spooner, Vladdy, McQuaid, Zook, Hayes, they're all going to try and get traded. I mean, even VZ, but all these guys, they signed to the two-year deals. The reason they signed them for the two-year deals is so they had three chances to trade them. They could try to trade them at the deadline, they could try to trade them in the offseason, and they could try to trade them at next deadline. It gives them three shots. So it feels weird that they did that with Vladdy, but I really believe that's what they were thinking. It, it's weird to me because if you what we're talking about with Nemestikov is partially it's on ice performance. Vladdy got benched because he didn't play well against the Predators. But it also starts to feel like part of it is off ice performance as well. And uh-huh. I don't understand if you're rebuilding, I think the most important aspect of a rebuild is knowing when to just walk away from someone. You just Sunk cost is sunk cost. You tried something, it didn't work. Cut bait with it and leave it behind you. And I get that when Gordon inked Nemesnikov to a two-year deal, he was thinking, I got a new coach. New coach will have new eyes on him. It's a new system. Clean slate. Let's give Nemesnikov one shot. I don't then understand why exactly you give him a two-year deal if you have all these preconceived concerns with his play. There's no, there, there's just no, again, it, it, I, I feel like we've given Jeff Gordon a pass on a lot of issues on this podcast. Um, I feel like we've given him a pass in general. Um, yeah. And I think maybe some of that is not fair from us because we have been super critical of coaching staffs, players and all of that. And through all of this, we haven't really said anything. I mean, there were times last year where I, it got to a point where I was getting so angry with the lineup decisions that AV was making that I said, you have to, as Jeff Gordon, take the toys away from him. If you want good players in your lineup, stop having bad players on your team. Um, and that's kind of where I'm, I'm coming back to, where if I'm Jeff Gordon, sure, maybe you got a better deal on Domestikov because you gave him two years, but salary cap implications didn't matter for this season why not overpay Nemestikov a little bit more to put him on a one-year deal and if he doesn't perform this season you have his rights as a restricted free agent after this year just don't qualify him let him go to free agency get him off your roster if you can't trade Nemestikov because he's tanking his own value and you can't play him because for whatever reason either his attitude or his on-ice performance doesn't warrant it I just I'm not exactly sure why you had to give Nemestikov two years when you didn't have to. And to go back to what even got us on this topic, there's just there are better players who could be playing 45 games a year for the Rangers than Cody McLeod. If you want to send Nemestikov a message, I'm all for it. Take him out of the lineup. But you're not doing the other 11 forwards any favors by then putting Cody McLeod in the lineup. Yeah, the Cody thing doesn't make sense to me and it never has. This, and honestly, and I said this before, I'd rather have Tanner Glass. I legitimately would. It's Tanner just, Glass, it, it, again, it, he, this isn't us saying Tanner Glass is a great hockey player, but Tanner Glass does more things on the ice than Cody McLeod. That's not a hot take. That's just a really fact. not. And I think he's a better locker room guy without knowing him. Like, I just know, I just feel like I would rally around him way more. You know, I, that's, want, you want that's, Tanner on the podcast. I get it. I get it. What am I trying to, Tanner, hit me up, man. I've been coming after you for years, dude. But um, for for example, would the Rangers be better off putting Peter Holland in the press box for 40 nights on the year and then playing him in the odd game where you need to send a message? They're not going to yeah. be worse, right? And Holland isn't yeah. exactly a prospect. I think Peter Holland is what he is at this point in time. He's a guy that can play on a fourth line, but is more his talents equate better to AHL success than NHL success. It's, but, just, it's crazy because do you think this would be happening if Boo or Bolesky was injured? Or, I mean, we're healthy? Yeah, I think Cody McLeod was making this team no matter what. 
it's that blows my fucking mind because I'd rather play either one of those guys. I, I think Bolesky or Boo were competing with Vinny Letary for the 12th forward spot. I don't think there was ever any doubt about who was going to be the 13th forward. I think it was always going to be Cody McLeod. Ugh, which, which again, and I, 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 I said this when it happened. I don't blame David Quinn for taking the Mestikov out of the lineup when it warranted. I do blame Jeff Gorton for putting the Rangers in a situation where if you want to send a message, you bring the whole team down by putting someone that in that can't play hockey. That that's, that's really what it comes down to. You, you're sending the right message to Vladi Nemestikov. If you're not going to perform, you're not going to play. But why punish the other 11 forwards on your team? Why not have someone that could possibly do something for your hockey team? Why not have the Peter Holland or the Cole Schneider, someone who might not necessarily be a prospect, but is young enough and dynamic enough where if you, if you were to insert him in the lineup on the odd night, you at least have the chance of that guy doing something. Every time you put Cody McLeod on the ice, every time you put Cody McLeod on the ice, nothing good will come of it because he's just not a good player. And that might be the meanest thing I've ever said about anybody on this podcast. He's just not we good. We said some mean things that actually might be the meanest. It's up there because it's it's not like you're trying to be mean. You're just being real, which makes it meaner. Right. I'm sure Cody McLeod is a great human being. And I stand by the fact that I think the Rangers are practicing the four inch rule with him where there are too (laughs) many players in that locker room that have too big of penises. So you need a guy that just has a completely normal sized penis to make everyone else feel better about themselves. And I think Cody McLeod is Cody McLeod is the four inch penis of the New York Rangers. I've been over this many times. I'll happily go over it again and again. I appreciate it. We'll probably come back up. The, the, best, the best part about this is I just said the meanest thing I've ever said about a human being is he's just not good at hockey. And within yeah. two minutes of that, I also said he has a very average to below average penis, and that's not the meanest <laughs> thing I've ever said about him. No. The hockey thing was way – The hockey Cody thing was way attacking. meaner. The hockey yeah, thing Cody was way attacking. We don't know. But... Yeah, Cody McLeod could have a huge penis, and maybe that's why he's on the Rangers. They want someone to, that's, they that's want someone to hang with Hank and Kreider, so they brought in Cody McLeod. Crydesdale, baby. Kreider looked good, too. I've, I've, been, I've been happy with his play so far. Well, he did not look uh, good on opening night. I, well, he had that really fair. bad penalty. He, he, he had, had a really bad, bad penalty. I, I, don't think, I, don't think he had, I don't think there was anything that was that great of a night. It was just a bad night. Hey, you know what? I, we haven't brought up at all, like, mm. so far, is the, ref, the refing of some of our games. Because the referees have been fucking terrible. I'm cursing a lot tonight. Sorry. I don't know why I'm sorry, but I'm just letting you know. The, um, the referees have been miserable. They missed a crazy high stick. They missed, missed a boarding on Buchnevich. Like, there's been a lot of non-calls for the Rangers. Yeah, I, I, I'm not watching enough other games to know if this is a phenomenon that's happening across the entire league where refs have been instructed to be a little um, more lax with the whistle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's also weird because, yeah, the refs have missed a lot of calls. I don't know about you, Ryan. I haven't really been angry or upset by any of it. There was one. Okay, so there, uh, the two I'm thinking of um, was Kreider last night in the Hurricanes game where he gets wailed in the face uh, with a stick, and they actually call a penalty on Schaefer holding. So that one made me a little angry. Mm-hmm. And then there was a high sticking against McQuaid on the opening night game where McQuaid goes down to the ice is like totally like on the replay got hit in the face with a stick. And that was right the before the Subban goal too. Right before the Subban goal. The, the referees come together, probably say that's a high stick, but we're not calling it. Let play happen. And Subban scores immediately. Yeah. There, there are three plays specifically, specifically opening night that I remember there was the McQuaid high stick. And in my, like, yes, there should have been a penalty, but that also didn't give Kevin Shattenkirk permission to screen Hank and prevent him from stopping Subban's shot. Like, yes, there should have been a penalty before that. At the same time. I know you have more to say here. Can I, can I interrupt you for like one second? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Subban is incredible. He's good, man. Watching him live is a privilege. There's something about him and the way he moves on the ice that is so different than everyone else. 
he moves with like this upbeat energy and at such weird angles that it's kind of hard to predict where he's going. And I can see why he's such a special player. And I, I got it before, but now I really get it. All right, now I'm done. Go on. Yeah, it really makes you think just how big of a star P.K. Subban would be if he played on an original six hockey team. Yeah, unbelievable, right? He would be huge, right? He'd be huge. You know I, what the worst I, part I don't think that is? team. I don't think under any circumstance that team would be able to trade him. Like, if if you're yeah. the Montreal Canadiens, would you trade Shea Weber for P.K. Subban? I don't think so. Well, yeah, you'd have to, right, at this point? I think you would. I think you would. I know Shea's well, your captain think, and like, everything. But especially I think if you he just, was in your city and he yeah, was just, donating a ton of money to children's hospitals, right, right, you couldn't trade him. Right. He's He's the kind of guy you would want to build your organization around. And – Right now, it really feels like the Canadians need someone like that in their locker room. <laughs> Fucking assholes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that you're, that penalty you're the name of the plays I, from opening night. Yeah, the three penalties from opening night. Like, yes, that that penalty hurt not getting it, but it also the Rangers didn't have to give up that goal just because the penalty didn't happen. Um, the other one that surprised me, you brought it up. It it looked worse it live in action than it did on replay, but that's that's a basic boarding penalty that we've seen called hundreds of times. And Booch mm-hmm. goes headfirst into the boards from a check from behind, and there wasn't a whistle. And the the one that really surprised me was um, Ronaldo got called for a trip on Letary on a fast break. Yeah, but then they also called embellishment on Letary. Oh my god! And, and Letary looked the the embellishment was Letary was looking at the ref directly at him like dude that guy tripped me and then they're like yeah but you're down there too long what? yeah the what the thing the thing that there's usually usually when that happens you either call the trip or you call the embellishment you don't call both because by by definition if you're if you're calling embellishment then there was no other penalty on the play because you're you're trying you're saying the player is trying to deceive the referee and if a player is trying to deceive the referee, then nothing else could have happened on the ice. So but if you're calling... Javini just, just looked at the ref, and they were like, yeah, embellishment. Right. And that, I think, is more damning on the referees than anything else, because just by the letter of the law, like, if there's embellishment, then there isn't another penalty. And it, it's almost worse to call both. Um, yeah, the, the refereeing's been bad. I, I don't know if I would ever say that... I blame the Rangers' 0-3 start on bad refereeing. Uh, I definitely I think, do not blame him on the refs, but it has yeah. not helped. No, it, it hasn't helped. At the same time, even if the games were called perfectly, I think at the end of the day, the New York Rangers are still 0-3. Mm, I, think, I think they could have beaten the Predators that night. I really I, do. I, 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 I truly don't. Unless Jimmy VC magically finishes some of those shots that he had golden opportunities on. I I just think the Rangers, they got outplayed. They didn't get outclassed, but I think it was clear that Nashville was the better team on opening night. I just think if we have three more power plays, we're probably winning that game, mostly because I think our power play has been pretty phenomenal. Sure. It's something that I'm actually really happy with so far. At the same time, you could say if, if Hank wasn't 100th percentile level Hank like he was in the first two games, Absolutely. the Rangers could have given up eight goals all three times. Because the, the defense has been suspect, which is exactly what we were expecting when there's the season There's a lot started. of breakaways. Like, there's a lot of, like, Hank. A lot of, lot of breakaways, a lot of odd man rushes, a lot of uh, yeah. missed assignments. The defense is tough. And you're, you're asking a not great core of defenders to learn an entirely new system. So you're asking not great defenders to not play at their best to start the season. And that yeah. makes things even tougher. Well, Greg, I think we did a pretty good job from for me being in Switzerland and you wanting to die. Ah, yeah, I haven't thrown up on my microphone, which is nice. Pretty proud of you. Um, we'll just plug the shit and we'll come back next week with a longer episode? I'd say so. We'll have a guest next week. I don't know who, but we'll we'll find something Probably interesting Drew. to talk about next week. Probably Drew. I don't want to talk to Drew. <laughs> okay. That, right, guy, that, Drew. Guy, that guy gets all the love and attention. Well, that's because he I, – I, I read one comment today that he – every single article he does outdoes his last. Yeah, unbelievable. Which, Way to go, guys. Uh, Just I mean, the first book. article Drew ever wrote was like a fucking encyclopedia uh, of, like, knowledge. And I'm just, uh, like, I believe, I believe what he, he calls it a lexicon. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, as for predictions this week, 
I don't know. I just want them to start to keep playing competitive hockey. I'm, I'm <laughs> the Rangers could start this year 0 and five, and that could actually be a good thing as long as there's clear development. I'm fine with it. I really am. I know I should be here freaking out and banging the gavel and being like, this team needs blah, blah, blah. But I, guys, I really want Jack Hughes. Like, at the same, really? at, at the same time, I don't want to lose just for the sake of losing. Uh, I will get angry if the Rangers all of a sudden are losing games and it, it's evident that things aren't getting better and things aren't changing or Quinn is not making adjustments to his lineup where an adjustment calls for it. And he starts doing shit like benching Buchnevich on back-to-backs just because, and all of that. Um, if like, if, if there isn't clear development, then the losing is for not, but through these first three games, I, it's been a learning lesson for the Rangers, the players, and it's been a learning lesson for the coaching staff. And Quinn has made it clear. If you're not playing well, he's, he's going to take ice time away from you. It doesn't matter what your name is or who you are or how much you're getting paid. He doesn't give a shit. Um, and it's clear that you can play your way into this lineup. I, the first test will be if D'Angelo stays in the lineup on Thursday because he was yeah, arguably the best Ranger on the ice yesterday, Sunday against the Hurricanes. Um, and if you're, you have to, I think, reward that behavior. And the only way to do that is to make sure – He's still in the lineup, and I got to tell you, I have no interest in watching a seven defenseman lineup again. I do not. I, I have interest in watching hockey games again, which is nice because even if they lose, they're competitive and it's fun, and that's all I can ask for. At the end of the day, that's really all that matters, especially a year where the Rangers might win twenty games. All right, bud. Well, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's Blue Shirts Break, and if you want to follow me, it's O H O Ryan Mead which would be uh, me over there. And if I'm on Instagram and some other shit too, that's my whole plug section. Greg, you good? Uh, Yeah, I'm good. Cool, man. Stop recording. Bye, everyone. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.